The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. From the smallest cellular structure to the broadest life experiences, every thought, every belief, and every action has the power to transform every aspect of our lives. Because reality at its core is made manifest through consciousness and its direct connection to the quantum field. It's time to remove the self-imposed boundaries created by your reality and discover practical, everyday tools to transform your life. Now, here is your host, Marina Rose, QDNA. Welcome to Quantum Connection Radio Show. I am your host, Marina Rose, QDNA, and I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. You have now entered the quantum field of quantum connection, the intracellular holographic matrix where we make the impossible possible, utilizing qDNA, quantum DNA acceleration, which combines the cutting-edge science in epigenetics, neuroplasticity, DNA reprogramming, and quantum field theory to assist you to achieve quantum growth in your health, life, and, and business. During this show, we explore health, science, and spirit to accelerate your path to extraordinary living with some of the world's most influential thought leaders sharing their insights on how to optimize your health and well-being. Today, our topic is the quantum health model, the live biological human being, and our guest is the living godfather of quantum physics, the quantum doctor, the quantum activist, Dr. Amit Goswami. Welcome, Dr. Amit Goswami, and thank you so much for accepting my invitation to be on my show. And you. it's great to be here. Yes, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'd like to tell the audience a little bit about you before we really get going. And this is what I do know about you. You are a theoretical quantum physicist. You're a retired full professor from the University of Oregon's Department of Physics, where you served from 1968 to 1997. I'm glad we have you now with all of your books. You pioneered the new paradigm of science called Science Within Consciousness, an idea that you analyzed and developed your influential book, The Self-Aware Universe, where you solved the quantum measurement problem, articulating with clarity and understanding the famous observer effect. You have written several other popular books based on your research on quantum physics and and consciousness. In The Visionary Window, you demonstrate how science and spirituality can be integrated and is integrated. In The Physics of the Soul, you develop a theory of survival after death and reincarnation. 
In creative evolution, you offer brilliant solutions between Darwinism and intelligent design of life. In God is Not Dead, you demonstrate that not only are science and religion compatible, but that quantum physics proves the existence of God. And in quantum creativity, think quantum, be creative, you explain all facets of creativity with definition, what quantum thinking entails, and what is required to be creative. And in your last book, uh, which was our last interview, what we talked about was quantum economics, unleashing the power of economics on, of consciousness. You focus on the critical issues of a new paradigm in economics and business for the 21st century, touching upon the stability and sustainability of the economy and leadership, as well as creativity and ethics in business. And in Quantum Doctor, you seek and you do integrate both conventional and alternative, alternative medicine while focusing on securing the paradigm shift of quantum medicine. You show us how quantum physics can assimilate the different models of conventional medicine and alternative medicine. You continuously state every be human being has the creative potential of grasping the quantum process, which is do, be, do, be, and that this will help everyone to explore his or her creative potential. In your private life, you are a practitioner of spirituality and transformation. You've appeared in films, What the Bleep Do We Know?, its sequel, Down the Rabbit Hole, as well as documentaries, Dalai Lama Renaissance, Crossroads, Labor of New Worldview, and your own award-winning quantum activist. You are one of the central influences in the new consciousness of movement, bridging science, psychology, health, spirituality, and uniting them as one. And for our listeners to get more about the most wonderful Dr. Amit Goswami, please go to his website, amitgoswami.org. Today's show is about your book, Quantum Doctor, A Physicist's Guide to Health and Healing. However, before we get started, I would love you to share something about yourself with the audience that's not written anywhere or that we've heard you say before. Oh, no. <laughs> You put me in a sudden quandary about what to talk about. And oh, well, no, we'll get to what we need to talk about, but just share something that no one knows about. Share something that no one knows about. Well, um, you know, I did have a, a Kundalini experience that uh, very few people know about. I was at Esalen and doing a uh, Rajneesh meditation consisting of four stages. And... Um, uh, the reason I remembered is that I just recently told this story um, uh, at an audience at a conference anyway. So I was I was in this Rajneesh meditation with a group of people, you know, Esalen Institute, that's an uh, uh, institute famous for its hot tubs and all that. So uh, the first stage is just shaking. So you shake your body, it's like, you know, uh, you shake all the, all the distresses, all the stuff of that make you uh, depressed, make you suffer, uh, mental problems, physical problems, you just shake it out. So great. Second stage, you are told stop, and then you stay in that stop position. Not so hard, 
you know, time passes. Third stage is delightful. Close your eyes and dance, they said. So I started, I closed my eyes and started dancing. But very soon, of course, the room is full. So I uh, bumped into somebody. As soon as I opened my eyes, you know, SLN Institute, hot tubs, what do you expect? So I took this pair of boxing boots. Unfortunately, you know, I was very Indian at the time. This was a long time ago and quite prudish. And so I felt extremely embarrassed, extremely embarrassed, uh, especially by my reaction to it. So fortunately, the, um, the gong sounded, fourth stage, which is sitting down and meditation. I was very delighted to sit down and um, embarrassment continues, but something happened. My uh, feeling of um, energy in the body rose along the spine all the way, as they say, pretty classical, from the root chakra to my throat chakra, not to the crown chakra, but at least to the throat chakra. So this was a wonderful experience. I mean, I ended up feeling great. The whole day was fantastic. So <laughs> one never knows what, what happens. I love uh, it. Thank you for sharing that. Wonderful. You are amazing, Dr. Goswami. I want you to talk today about um, the quantum health model. And I invited you back as my guest because I had a blast with you last time and we, you had so much to say and it was so wonderful. And people need to hear about your book, Quantum Doctor, and they need to hear about the reasons why you wrote it. And I'm just going to go into this, so just bear with me a moment. We, as we established last time when you were on the show, you were, you know, a little, you're, you're a little mischievous, revolutionary, relentless, powerful, renegade, theoretical um, quantum physicist. You have an extraordinary compassion and passion for humanity, and it's so heartfelt. And even in what you just shared then, it was just so beautiful. There's been a huge paradigm shift in, mar- in medicine. Dr. Larry Darcy introduced quantum healing back in 1982 in his book Space Time and Medicine. Then Dr. Andrew Weil wrote a chapter, Health Healing, in his book Health Healing, the Philosophy of Integrative Medicine, a chapter, What Doctors Can Learn from Physicists back in 1983. Then we had Deepak Chopra writing about the application of quantum healing in 1989. You wrote this book back in 2004. This this quantum medicine has been going on for such a long time and times have changed. We've got frequency holders holding that frequency. Now we've got doctors, alternative health practitioners who work with the quantum health model, who have the, have this physics worldview. We've got Albert Einstein who said everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get this reality It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. It's physics. Yet, to me, at times, it feels like we're back in the Stone Ages, like this is the first time people have heard this. What are your thoughts on that, please? Well, you are not very wrong, but things have changed. Little by little, things are changing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The worldview is changing, and people are not surprised anymore hearing about the primacy of consciousness. But the, uh, 
backward leaning people are still there, the materialists, and you know, um, there is this insane conversation going on because a um, a uh, professor wrote an article um, on Vedantic view of evolution, and um, uh, he opened the forum. Uh, I received the letters, but I have not joined in the discussion. But the discussion is is amazing. I mean, the prejudice of the scientists, and I must say, the prejudice of the uh, spiritual-sided people too. Uh, they just don't uh, seem to be aware that quantum physics changes the equation for everything. I mean, uh, we now have experimental proof that consciousness is the ground of all being. So some of these arguments are just completely empty. And yet, because people feign ignorance, because people um, don't seem to have read the requisite uh, quantum worldview, the books that have been written on it, um, mostly my books agreed, just one person, but still there is Andy Stapp, there is Peter Randall who have contributed and uh, Casey Blood and a few others too, Deepak you mentioned already and of course earlier um, Larry Dossi who has written another, another book on uh, Oneness of Consciousness. So, uh, and of course Arvind Laszlo and quite a few others really. So, uh, People should be aware that quantum physics has solved this problem of, um, to a substantial extent. We know now that consciousness is the ground of being. So purely materialist models, one should not argue anymore. Nor should one argue that science has to be left out of it because Vedanta has all the answers or Bible has all the answers. That argument too uh, does not make any sense. And biology is the basis of medicine. So what happens if the biological situation is so unclear? What is life? People cannot accept if, if it is materially based or if it's consciousness based. Then we have a problem with finding the um, integration of alternative and conventional medicine too, which is urgent because the cost of medicine goes up and up and up. The pharmaceuticals, of course, are responsible for it. And more and more we find out pharmaceuticals are actually uh, killing us more than healing us. And we are helpless because the uh, integration uh, could be moving much faster and yet uh, it's moving at a very sluggish pace. So indeed, um, you were right in some sense, but I'm happy to say that there is at least some awareness, some sign of um, people hearing about consciousness is the ground of being philosophy that quantum physics gives us. So there is also hope. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. And I, what I had said was it feels like at times it's like we're back in the Stone Ages. And we're not helpless because we've got people like you, we've got people like me, and we're getting out there and we're broadcasting it. And the beautiful thing about your books and a beautiful thing about a lot of these incredible authors, there is, in, there is just so much research in the books. Your book, Quantum Doctor, just keeps referencing you know, the research from this person, the research from this doctor. And yet, and you brought it up about research and statistics and I actually, that's part of my next question is 
We know the old Newtonian mechanical machine medicine model is outdated. We both know that. Yet we can give people the research. We can give people the the statistics. Why do you think some of them still love the old model? What do you think that's about? Well, it it probably has to do with the media, um, much has to do with the establishment media, which constantly force in the information that, that look, um, the world is determined and uh, Newton and Darwin have the final answers. Uh, so, you know, people believe in pundits today. Um, people don't believe in their judgment very much because most people under the ages of scientific materialism has become uh, really information uh, junkies. Mm-hmm. They are not looking for the big philosophical meaning of life questions. They are not even looking for values like love and beauty and justice and, well, justice may be a little bit. Um, but really, people are not looking for goodness. People are not looking for abundance. People are not looking for the archetypes. So we really have a um, crisis of um, uh, people being confused, crisis of confusion, one can call it. On one hand, people know that without meaning, without values, they will never have satisfaction, they never never have good physical and mental health. And yet, uh, because of the media and because of scientists in the academe, always proclaiming that matter is everything, right answers for what is life, what is consciousness is right in our hand, right around the corner. We'll find it by some sort of miracle with emergent materialism, you know, that's a new name that people are propagating now. Uh, it's, it's a nothing philosophy, it's nothing really, uh, nothing substantial uh, in my opinion. But still, um, they have a lot of voice, uh, the materialists, because by sheer numbers. Mm. And so, you know, this confusion will continue for a while. But ultimately, we should never forget that, look, uh, look at Fox News. I mean, they have been propagating things about global warming for a very long time, right? But they go nowhere. The reason is, the fact is that there is global warming. Similarly, the fact is that there is consciousness, which is the ground of being. There is the domain of potentiality that quantum waves decide. And these facts just cannot be overruled just because too many people are shouting that there isn't these facts. I mean, you cannot make science fact-free after all. You can try, and they're trying, but you cannot do it. Just like Fox News has started about the global warming is, is not going to work. And similarly, I think that the conventional scientists um, puzzle and protests about consciousness is the ground of being is ever going to work. Right. Fabulous. Thank you. You, you know, you said in your book, uh, you know, conventional physicians and pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies are puzzled by self-healing and also the mind-body, the mind body healing so why are they so puzzled if you've got spontaneous healings one after the other from people that are documented you know there's dr lisa rankin that you know has researched all um 
you know, these spontaneous healings. She's written a whole book on it with all this research from doctors. Why are they so puzzled? Why can they play, you know, this ignorant game of, like, we don't know, we've never heard of it? You know, Marina, uh, Upton Sinclair, the great novelist, uh, wrote a long time ago that if somebody makes a living doing something, it's very hard to persuade him to believe something different. So uh, these pharmaceuticals, their um, profits depend on selling these deadly drugs to us, and that excludes mind-body healing. So even though research is showing that 70% of even the healing effect for pharmaceuticals is really due to mind-body effect, namely placebo, the power of belief, uh, even then uh, they don't want to uh, believe in mind-body medicine because that hurts their profit. Because if people start believing in mind-body medicine, if people start believing in vital body medicine, such as the alternative medicine practices like homeopathy and um, Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine, these things um, uh, tell us. If, they start, if, if people start believing in them, they will be starting using them. They will be getting into preventive medicine. And then uh, the pharmaceutical profits will just decrease to such an extent, you know. Right. That would be good for the society, but not for good for them. Yes. Unfortunately, they have got the medical doctors in their pocket. And this is the unfortunate thing. Just as politicians have been bought by the billionaires, uh, as Bernie Sanders told, uh, tells us regularly. Similarly, what is not very well told is that medical doctors are mostly bought today by the pharmaceutical companies. And so they don't want to change. I, I agree there. And I have a lot of clients who used to be reps for the far, big farmers. So I do understand that, but it's, yeah. So let's talk about, you know, we're a fully expressed human being and we're not a machine, yet the old Newtonian mechanical machine medicine model treats people as machines instead of medically treating the person as a human being. People worldwide, as you said, are becoming more conscious and they're realizing one treatment or one prescription doesn't fit all and they're mindfully taking into account their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions and how they are affecting their health and well-being. So please explain to our listeners the gifts of quantum physics to medicine, bringing in the downward causation, the realm of possibilities and Heisenberg's potential and how it's how it's not separate from us or our consciousness, bring in Niels, Niels Bohr, explanation of discontinuity, quantum lips, bring it all in and, <laughs> and tell us the gifts. No, and bring it in in layman terms like you do in your book and then bring us the gifts because oh. you've written it beautifully. But this is for the people that haven't read it and haven't gone out and bought the book, but you will go out and buy the book. <laughs> But give it to them in layman terms because you've written it so beautifully. We don't have too much time, but I'll try. Yes. Uh, so first of all, quantum objects are waves of possibility. So the, so the first question really is, is that where, where do these waves of possibility reside? Are objects in space and time or are they somewhere else? And this is where the real breakthrough is, unquestionable. Unquestionable because it's experimentally verified. Experimentally, these waves of possibility reside in a domain that is outside of space and time. You might say, well, how do you define outside of space and time? It's very simple. Experiments show that space-time 
in space time the speed of signals is limited and communication occurs through only signals and therefore all communications must take some time whereas in the domain outside of space and time domain that we call potentiality all communication is instantaneous there is only one conclusion from this there is no signal in that domain it is signalless communication we call it non local so this concept of non locality which is experimentally established shows definitively that there are two domains of reality now what is the nature of this domain of potentiality this even a little thinking shows us that this is consciousness itself even heisenberg anticipated this because he pointed out the that when we convert waves of possibility into actuality what we are doing is changing our knowledge about this object because first we only knew about probability but then we know for certain to what the object is so we are talking about change what it is what is happening is a change in our knowledge but knowledge is consciousness consciousness is the vehicle for gathering knowledge so naturally then uh, this domain is consciousness another way of looking at it is that the domain is instantly connected everything is connected to everything else what does that mean it means that the domain is one and only isn't that the way mystics describe consciousness at the base level it's one and only everything comes from consciousness so quantum physics is telling us that the mystical conceptions based on their experience is exactly right and today we are we have established this by virtue of quantum physics and by virtue of experimental data so this is the fundamental breakthrough and the part of it part of the same description is that what con- converts the waves of possibility to actuality what does it is consciousness chooses quantum waves of possibility are possibilities for consciousness to choose from consciousness chooses the actuality so immediately you see what it does it brings up the idea that we can choose consciousness is us so we can choose health or disease we really have the choice now of course the big questions why do we make bad choices and all why do we become conditioned and you know, these are part of our nature part of the way the brain is part of the way the evolution of the body has happened so some conditioning is built in some negativity is built in unfortunately and you know, the way we operate we do have machine habits and those habit patterns are often bad and so we get into disease but the choice is ours and that empowers us for healing because if we knew that the choice is ours if we knew that we don't have to depend on the weatherman to know which way the wind blows we don't have to go to a doctor all the time to know how my health is if we if we knew for sure that yes i can determine my health or my illness by simply choosing vehemently always health i always opting for health that is the key to remaining healthy and this one thing if we could if we could teach our seniors especially people who are older and therefore get into ill health maximally you know that's where all the medical expenses really come from de- dealing with more and more older people in our culture so uh, what's the answer the answer is to give them the uh, empowerment that you 
should have the knowledge that you have the choice, learn to make good choices, and that will be the best part of preventive medicine. And if what else, in addition, is that with this uh, worldview in mind, consciousness is a ground of being, ground of all being. So it's not just material being, it's also our mental being, our psychic being. So vital energy is included as part of it, life energy. So we can we can learn how to be sensitive to life energy, how to be sen how to be sensitive to our intuitions, and that can then augment our power by allowing very details, you know, like creative process of how to get into the archetype of wholeness that determines whether I'll be whole or I'll be diseased, which is lack of wholeness. So in this way, we now have an entire program that we can set up for each person individually with his, his or her heterogeneity completely taken into account. We do not have to treat a human being just as one of many, probabilistically, as modern medicine, allopathic medicine does. You know, they give the same drug to everybody, irrespective of who the person is, what his lifestyle is, what his hard lifestyle is, what her habit patterns are. We don't, we don't have to do that in integrative medicine. We can individually treat everyone, we can individually gear the treating process, the preventive process, the healing process for every individual and just for the individual specifically in mind. So this kind of thing is available and people not knowing it, people not being aware of it, you know, gives me a lot of pain, but I understand about inertia, social inertia. I understand about you know, people's vested interest, and so you know, we have to just work on patiently and wait for better days. But it's coming. Right. I love your I love your passion and your knowledge and all of that. It's wonderful. I got to tell you a quick little funny story. My mum says, "God takes all the good people." So I've decided to be a bitch, and I go, "Why is that, mum?" She goes, "Well, then God can't take me. I can stay alive." And I said, "Good for you." Now, how's that for a belief system? Is that funny or what? <laughs> She's like, I don't want to be taken. I don't want to die. I'm going to, I'm going to just be healthy, but I'm not going to be one of those good people because her, in her mind, good, <laughs> God takes only the good people. <laughs> and it was just so sweet when she said that. Tell our listeners about how you started to meddle in medicine because I love this story and then bring in the conference at UC Berkeley back in 1993 and the young biology student and he was asking you the selling point of the new paradigm of science that you were proposing. Well, um, you know, there are quite a few stories here but um, let me go with the one that uh, I like the most about meeting Dalai Lama and how he challenged us into uh, social application of the new sciences. You know, and, and, and this beauty was in 1999, long time ago, so I'm not uh, too ashamed to uh, tell about this. But what happened was that we, Fred Alan Wolf and I got into a fight about whose model of quantum physics is the correct one. And both of us had obviously big egos, and uh, so the fight, uh, spread like wildfire and everybody's fighting with everybody else. And so the organizers, they tell Dalai Lama that we can't control the scientists anymore, what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And Rama says, oh, scientists will be scientists and just started laughing. And we started laughing too and he dissipated the whole, whole, all this conflict just by his presence. That was an enormous experience. So when this man told us that, yes, you should, we should really not just do theory, but look at the applications of the theory for social good. I took it very seriously. Mm -hmm. So just right at the time, synchronicity, uh, Beverly Rubik, who is a friend of mine, but who is also a great biophysicist, uh, she was writing an anthology uh, and she wanted me to contribute something on quantum physics. So um, uh, that's how uh, quantum physics applied to health and healing. I had looked at Deepak Chopra's book already. I knew about his work. Um, but his work was quite empirically based. It did not have a really a solid theory of quantum healing. So I discovered the theories. It's quantum creativity that applied to the healing process. That's what produces that discontinuous quantum leap that you hinted at. Niels Bohr's work, he suggested in 1913. We have known electrons do that routinely for a long time. And then the idea that we do that in creativity came from me in 1988. And that was a crucial idea that, to explain uh, why this quantum healing uh, works as Deepak already suggested in his best-selling book, Quantum Healing. Yes. So that's the story of how I got into the um, uh, thinking about health and healing. Um, then some other coincidences happened which brought me into the idea that um, we really have five bodies, not just one the material body, we have the vital body, mental body, supramental body, even a bliss body consisting of the ground of being. And disease can occur at each level because we can mess up the order in each level of our being. And uh, any messing up, any disharmony will feel to us as illness, as disease, disease, absence of ease. And so to get balance and harmony, just as the Chinese medicine said, to bring the yin and yang of our body in harmony, in balance, is the objective of healing. So I took that very seriously in quantum terms. It's the uh, balancing, conditioning, and creativity. And so you can make many, many, many suggestions to these alternative medicine practices with the quantum ideas. But the most important one was this. Nobody took the alternative medicine practices seriously because uh, they talk about these um, unphysical energies like vital energy, life energy, that unphysical energy that's intolerable for the biologist. Now I'm not saying that biologists accept it still, but the point is quantum physics allows us to, to make a completely rational, irrefutable theory, paradox-free theory of vital energy. And now people are measuring it. So, in fact, I am the uh, correct uh, scientist to recognize scientific nature of vital energy. And, and now that scientists are measuring it, and we have every day, we have more measurement of it. Before it was just called in photography. Now we have biophoton emission uh, tomography and all these other things that are developing. So, you know, we are on our way. Vital energy is here to stay. Mind-body medicine, of course, is well established. And mind is also non-physical. That fact is getting well established. 
supramental, the archetypes we have always known, and that is coming back. So we are on our way to have an integrative medicine. In fact, there is already a university in Hawaii, uh, internet-based university, quantum university, where we are giving degrees for integrative medicine to people who want it. Yes. So we rigorous curriculum. Yes, no, um, I actually met you at uh, Quantum University, and I'm a student there as well, so yes. And it's wonderful that they're doing that, and it's just fantastic. And I love, you know, how we've got two minutes to break, and then I'm going to bring you back, Dr. Goswami. But before we go to break, is there anything you want to leave the people with prior to going to break? And then I'll bring you right back. After the break, I want to talk about the newest breakthrough that I have in my own thinking, which is uh, no less than developing a science of the heart. Now, why is the heart important? Because heart is the place where the immune system is. And it's the immune system which really prevents cancer. And when the immune system malfunctions, cancer is much more likely for you than when the immune system is functioning well. So how to keep the immune system functioning has much to do with love, believe it or not, much to do with keeping an open heart. So we'll talk about this after the break. And it's funny because, um, well, it's not funny, it's coincidental because when I put this radio show together and what has come out of it and it's mutated all by itself is each interview is just everyone is more and more heartfelt and more helpful heart-centered and it's all about love and you know the emails that I'm getting from people going oh my god we love your show because it is so much about love and you make your you know your guests feel really comfortable and you put them in a cocoon so I love that you're bringing this up about heart-centeredness and how it's love that keeps us alive love it love it love it good yeah Yeah, thank you. So um, we're going to just have a quick little break and uh, we'll be right back with Dr. Goswami after messages from our sponsors. Thank you. We'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone, even when you're surrounded by others? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, 
and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Our world is shrinking. We get information across the planet as fast and as easily as across the street. Lately, it seems as if none of it is good. The world has become so addicted to negativity, fear, drama, and our kids are learning fast. Are you worried about your teen? Do you know where they are, who they're with, and what they're really up to? Power of Peace Radio tackles real issues that are changing the minds of the next generation. Get involved in the conversation on Monday evenings with Kit Cummings. Pop Radio is about interrupting and redirecting those who are on a dangerous course and bringing light into dark places with powerful topics and real stories. We bring hope to those who need it most because hope is the new dope. Power of Peace Radio, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Quantum Connection. Exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. To reach the program today, please call in to one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to info at marinarosequdna.com Now, back to Quantum Connection Exploring Health, Science, and Spirit Welcome back everyone to Quantum Connection Radio Show where we explore health, science, and spirit to accelerate your path to Extraordinary Living, and today we've got the most wonderful guest, Dr. Amit Goswami, and we left off talking about the healing of the heart, and we're going to pick right up from there. Please share your research, Dr. Goswami. Okay, so this um, has to go back a little bit because um, when I wrote the book Quantum Doctor, uh, part of the theory was already there in the sense that, you know, when you look at, look at the heart chakra and you look at the immune system, what you find remarkable is, of course, that uh, people have been talking about the connection of heart and love for all these times, and people have noted that, yes, the chakras are at places where there is a major organ of the body. But everybody thought that the heart chakra, the organ, is really the heart. But heart is just a pump. Um, you know, why should, have, why should heart have uh, so much of anything to do with love? Uh, intriguing question, but of course, um, you know, nobody had any answer to that. But when I was looking at the theory of the chakras, uh, with the help of Rupert Sheldrake's idea of morphogenetic shield, this is the entity which helps consciousness as blueprints for biological form. Consciousness uses these blueprints, these morphogenetic fields, to make biological form. That's the idea that Rupert gave us. The wonderful idea, I thought, and so when we apply it to immune system, what do we get? Immune system, the function, is what the uh, morphogenetic field is 
is given to the immune system. It, it has that blueprint for that function. What is that function? It's a distinction of me and not me. The immune system kills off everything in the body that is not me, like a bacteria or a virus. And cancerous cells, by the way, uh, abnormally growing cells. So the immune system then is the place, if the functioning goes on, we are generally integral. We don't like intruders in our body. But suppose the immune system functioning is suspended momentarily between two peoples. Then, of course, they will consider their bodies being the same body. They will not hesitate to um, uh, penetrate each other. And that's precisely what happens with people in romantic love. So, um, uh, suspension of the immune system um, function. This is what love does for us. And uh, it's very interesting. The only other system in the body that requires suspension is the neocortex. And the neocortex, of course, has self associated with it. Consciousness identifies with the neocortex, and that's how we get this I, this self, that looks at the world as objects in its awareness. We separate from the world. So um, if the immune system needs rest, isn't it um, interesting to ask why immune system is behaving similar to neocortex, which also needs rest because self-reference, this idea of self-identity is, 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 is something of an arduous task, and therefore some rest is necessary, which is not for any other organ in the body. They are always working. Body is made that way. But the brain could not be made that way because brain has that something special. It brings self-identity. It makes a representation of consciousness itself. So maybe the same way immune system also could have a representation of consciousness, a self that we call, can call the self of the heart. So this is the question that intrigued me. Mm. Now, uh, in 2004, I already have, as I said, connected love with the immune system. And I also said there that cancer prevention um, just requires that we keep the immune system healthy. And uh, if we don't have uh, love in our life, the immune system malfunctions, all these things is already in the quantum doctrine. Mm -hmm. What is new uh, is that uh, right when I was thinking in these terms, um, Angelina Jolie's case came out in the newspapers in a very heavy way. And this is a woman that I respect very much because she works with children. And, 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 and you know, of course, what happened to her, uh, her oncologist told her that she has 86% predisposition of contracting breast cancer. So she just had double mastectomy because she, of course, wanted to prevent it because she's mother of six children and taking care of so many others. So um, I don't blame her for doing what she did. But I felt very sad because alternative suggestions are already here. I mean, I'm not sanguine that we could prevent her from contracting cancer, but at least if she knew about it, you know, if she knew about the fact that if, if there is already love in her life, so it would be quite unlikely that with such a loving person as she is towards her children and to the children of the world, 
that uh, actually cancer would ever happen because the heart immune system would always be very functional according to this new science that I'm proposing. <clears throat> but be, um, as it may, um, I was in that state of agitation and right at that time, synchronistically, I was at a conference and a Chinese medicine doctor wanted to speak to me after he heard me and we had a long talk. And he said that he worked with uh, people, of, uh, women particularly, and in a preventive uh, program of breast cancer prevention. And his recipe was uh, very interesting. It's not taking care of the heart chakra organs so much. It's not nutrition of the breasts or the heart or the immune system, none of it. Immune system, by the way, exists as thymus gland at the heart chakra, not the entire immune system. But thymus gland is a major part of the immune system. That's where me, not me distinction comes from. But he said that, no, it's not the heart chakra organs at all. What I tell the women to pay attention to is the liver and the stomach, the navel chakra organ. Mm. This is very interesting. It's and very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went back to traditional Chinese medicine and indeed I found that they have um, this, this um, situation of navel chakra organs and heart chakra organs. They uh, form, not the physical organs, by the way. When the Chinese medicine, when they talk of physical organs, they don't mean the physical organs. They mean the uh, vital counterpart, the vital blueprint. Right. So it gets interesting because when you think of people when they do get, a, you know, certain cancers and you're talking about the liver, you know, that that third chakra is, you know, a lot of victimization in there as well. Listen to this, Marina. Yes. So, yes, you are right. Absolutely. So what, what was happening is that then I, I, I started looking into chakra psychology and indeed uh, it is a fact that by through upbringing um, there is a major male-female difference is, is how the chakras and their awareness develops in the male and the female. Mm -hmm. The female of the species traditionally is taught other love, pay attention to the others, not to yourself. And, and the male, on the other hand, are taught to suppress any emotions for others and be self-sufficient, right? Mm -hmm. they, are the, they, are, they are grown up like iron men. They, they don't have emotions. They are not to be vulnerable. Whereas female, in fact, taught to be dependent, taught to be vulnerable, and taught to not so much pay attention to the navel chakra, where this self-worth and self-respect, all those feelings come from. So men literally do not have awareness of the heart chakra and women literally don't have the awareness of the navel chakra. So what this doctor was doing was teaching the women awareness of the navel chakra. And, and when you do that, awareness of the navel chakra, women already have the awareness of the heart chakra. When you have this awareness to gather, then what you make among the two sets of vital um, counterparts of these organs, what you make is what I call tangled hierarchy. And this is the way you make consciousness to identify with the system. So what the good doctor was doing was establishing uh, the women, giving them the opportunity of having more 
self-identity in their heart. And, and this is what then preventing their cancer. So what does it mean to have uh, self-awareness of the heart? That means you feel directly love instead of going through, have to go through the brain to feel love. You know, we are stuck, we don't feel our feel feelings directly in the body. We feel it through the brain first. And this, of course, causes a lot of problems. Well, the, the emotions are not feelings. Uh, that's what our predominant um, experience is. They're always mixed with thought. But if when your heart is um, activated this way that consciousness identifies with it, then we can feel the feelings directly. And that helps us enormously in, the, in, in making an alternative way of living. Yeah. Because things are sometimes much more, much better guide than the uh, thinking process. Rational as it may be, but often rationality can lead us astray. Whereas if we get the feeling, often we'll also get to the intuitions, and intuitions have truth in it, and so if we are guided by intuition, we have absolutely nothing to fear. They are always going to keep us in the right path because intuitions have that truth within them. Right. So in this way, uh, this doctor had found a, um, a beautiful way to uh, prevent cancer and I found a way of understanding how we can actually build uh, itself of the heart and proper emotional intelligence when we enter with the brain, of course we should do that because heart and the brain should not be antagonistic to one another. Emotions, um, emotional intelligence is about the synchrony of feelings and thinking and this is the way to achieve the synchrony. First, arrive at independent of feeling in the body, at the heart chakra, and then integrate the heart and the brain. Right. And, it, you know, it's... it's it, Dr. Goswami, it's what I call old school medicine meets future medicine. It's kind of sad that we have to teach people to listen to their bodies and hear their bodies and really acknowledge what's in their body. Because as you said, they listen to their emotions through their brain, the filter of their distorted belief systems in their brains as opposed to having that beautiful open heart and I love that you created this system to go back that to that ancient way of being and that this Chinese medicine uh, doctor also you know figured out a system that people will listen to but it is old school isn't it yes it is very old school yes. Two millennia, really. Chinese medicine is very old. And, and imagine the irony. I mean, Chinese medicine comes from China, and then China is ruled by communists, and those people have eliminated, uh, I mean, they, don't, they still use acupuncture, of course, but they have eliminated the theory that came with it. Of course, the West has too, no thanks to these materialist scientists. But Chinese did it because of their communism. I mean, here we have done it because of the tyranny of American Medical Association. And they did it because of the tyranny of communism. 
Well, so, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Dr. Goswami, we're coming to an end. I have 30 seconds. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And again, you're such a delight as always. Brilliant, magnificent, a stupendous gift to the universe and all of her people. I love and appreciate your passion, your heart, your soul that you have for humanity. Keep on writing your books pleasure to have you on the show and so grateful to have this slice of life with you and thrilled to have it documented in our treasured archives for our future listeners thank you thank you Marina. you're welcome thank you so much tune in next week everyone for quantum connection exploring health science and spirit with another influential world thought leader thank you thank you thank you dr goswami and thank you everyone Thank you for enjoying Quantum Connection, exploring health, science, and spirit with Marina Rose QDNA. Please join us again for another edition of the program next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your DNA, instantly change your life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.